WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The new strategic plan for Berrien County Health Department is about finished. The department adopts a new strategic plan every three years to identify top priorities and address possible shortcomings. Berrien County Deputy Health Officer Candy Gabriels tells us the plan looks at operations from the standpoint of environmental health, clinical and community health, and family programs. So what are some of the big issues in the new plan? Recruitment and retention, technology, our outreach, our efficiency. I think transportation came up in just about every group session that we had. It was one of the bigger issues, I think. Gabriel says the department will study how to help the community get to needed appointments, whether through mass transit or other resources. Another big focus is reestablishing trust with the community after COVID caused some department services to fall by the wayside. We offered the services, but in a limited capacity. So we are just trying to get back out into the community and letting them know that we have those services available, connecting those who don't know those services exist with those individuals and getting them to recognize that we're here to help them. The strategic plan was developed internally with the input of all health department staff. It was presented to the Berrien County Board of Health this week and should be finalized in the next month. The Southwest Michigan Planning Commission has presented the Berrien County Board of Commissioners with a Graham Woodhouse Intergovernmental Effort Award for the board's work on the Berrien County Trails Master Plan. Speaking to commissioners today, the Planning Commission's Marcy Hamilton said support from all municipalities in the county was sought during the plan's drafting. We did really extensive public input into this. We had over 2,000 respondents to a public survey. We had 100% participation from all 39 municipalities in contributing to the plan. So that was really a remarkable feat to get that kind of participation and interest. Hamilton thanks the county board for backing the plan, which envisions trails development in the county for years to come. There's no other project, I think, that really stands out to intergovernmental, and the part of this award is really in this project. The Southwest Michigan Planning Commission has been giving the award to partner agencies on the master plan. They include the Lincoln Township Board of Trustees, which was told about its award this week. The master plan makes it easier for the Planning Commission to acquire grants to support further trail projects. Three deputies with the Berrien County Sheriff's Department have received life-saving awards for their efforts in the community in recent months. At a meeting of the Berrien County Board of Commissioners today, Under Sheriff Greg Sanders said deputies Micah Carlson and Jonathan Cluster responded to a 911 call about a cardiac arrest on October 22nd in Buchanan. They administered CPR and used an AED to save a life. Their teamwork and quick action saved this individual's life. What makes this special in this case is that the individual that they were working on was a Buchanan fireman. So I think we are very thankful for their quick actions to help out another public servant. Also receiving an award was Deputy Nathan Withington, who helped a woman who was choking at the Niles Courthouse on November 9th. He performed the Heimlich maneuver and then gave her the medication to help with an ensuing panic attack. Sheriff Chuck Height and staff presented the three deputies with the agency's life-saving award, thanking them for their actions. A couple of streets in St. Joseph Township are getting a new speed limit. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners today approved a resolution adopting the new limit of 35 miles per hour on Miami Road from Napier Avenue to Woodward and on May Street from the Benton Harbor City limit to Woodward. That's after the county commission authorized the county road department to work with Michigan State Police on a speed study for the roads. It found that 85% of drivers on those two stretches of road go about 40 miles an hour. The state law has an 85th percentile rule, which says the speed limit should resemble the speed that drivers actually go. Therefore, the county has to change the posted limit. New signs will be put up along the affected streets soon.
Southwestern Michigan College is expanding its student housing. The SMC Board of Trustees this week voted to construct new rooms to house a total of 36 additional beds. SMC President Joe Odenwald tells us the college has seen more demand for housing since the pandemic ended and athletics were brought back to campus. At the beginning of September, we were at 104% in housing, and so the board had said to me that if we get in this situation, we're going to have to look at some incremental options. And so we've looked at that, and we've looked at both large projects and small ones. Odenwald says the residence halls will house 367 students this semester, or 94% of capacity, compared to 345 students, or 88% last spring. He believes the worst of 2020 is now behind the college. We're back seeing the kind of numbers we saw a decade ago in terms of demand on housing. And intercollegiate athletics is a part of that, but, you know, that's only a fourth of the people living there. Odenwald says the residence halls were not only completely full in the fall of 2023, but also had a long waiting list and some students were not able to secure a room. Therefore, the college will add new rooms to existing residence halls. He expects the project to cost between 2 and $3 million. The Great Lakes shipping season officially ends at 11.59 p.m. on January 15th. That's when the Sulocks will shut down for winter maintenance. Carrie Fox with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers tells us the locks will remain closed through March 25th for all kinds of maintenance projects. It is federally regulated that we shut down during this exact period every year. But two, it gives us a really critical period to do our winter maintenance on. So during that 10-week shutdown period, we do all of our critical maintenance for the facility to keep the locks operational during the navigation season. The Sulocks connect Lake Superior and the Lower Great Lakes. Fox says are critical for the movement of resources. We have more than 4,500 vessels that carry up to 80 million tons of cargo that maneuver through the locks annually. And what they carry mostly is iron ore, coal, wheat, and limestone. Fox says maintenance crews will complete structural inspections and install lifting lugs on the upstream gate during the closure. On the downstream, crews will install anchorage components and complete critical structural repairs. She notes the maintenance crews often have to brave frigid temperatures and high winds during the winter projects. And the Michigan Department of Natural Resources says it's reached its fundraising goal of $400,000 to acquire track chairs for parks statewide. Track chairs are off-road electronic chairs that can easily handle trails, snow, sand, and even up to 8 inches of water, allowing users to explore areas of the parks that traditional wheelchairs might not reach. They're available for use at no cost at the parks that have them. Those parks include Warren Dunes State Park, which had a goal of $15,833 to purchase a new track chair. The DNR says over the past five years, more than 300 donors have raised more than $444,000 to buy those track chairs for 15 locations around the state, with 10 additional locations soon to receive their chairs. A recent report by Bridge, Michigan, noted the state has the most accessible park system in the country thanks to its acquisition of those chairs. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Following closing statements in his company's civil fraud trial, former President Donald Trump today headed to a nearby building that he owns to unleash with a rant. ABC's Dave Packer has more. There were no kind words from former President Trump for New York AG Letitia James and the man that will decide his company's fate, Judge Arthur Ngoran. She's a political hack, the attorney general. Uh, The judge is obviously extremely friendly with the group. Calling the New York civil trial against he and his company a witch hunt. They have no case. It's a shame that a thing like this is able to happen. But in closing arguments, state attorney Kevin Wallace saying fraud was central to the operation of the Trump organization's business. Dave Packer, ABC News, New York. 
Former President Trump is spending much of the week before Iowa's kickoff caucuses more than a thousand miles away in court while his rivals make their last ditch pitch to voters. Trump was in Washington for the federal hearing today and is attending the closing arguments of his civil fraud trial in New York, only returning to Iowa on Saturday for a final two-day blitz there. Both appearances are voluntary and Trump's not required to attend those court proceedings. The decision underscores how the GOP frontrunner's campaign has come to embrace his legal woes as a centerpiece of its strategy. Ahead of the Iowa caucuses, Republican rivals Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis debated last night in Des Moines, attacking each other more than frontrunner Donald Trump, who wasn't even there. ABC political contributor Amanda Renteria, a former national political director for Hillary Clinton, says the face-off was a missed opportunity for both contenders. You have to make sure that you're inspiring people to get out of bed when it's extremely cold on Monday to really push for your vote. And none of these candidates really laid out that vision. What would it mean to have them as president? Instead, they were very much in a debate with each other and trying to go back and forth about character. Biden here gives him an opportunity to say, this is the vision going forward. This is how I will continue to lead to make sure that you're at the table. In a case that strikes at the heart of Israel's national identity, South Africa has formally accused the country of committing genocide against Palestinians and pleaded with the United Nations top court to order a halt to Israeli military operations in Gaza. The allegations were aired today in the International Court of Justice in The Hague. Israel was founded in the aftermath of the Holocaust and has denied the accusations. In a sign of how seriously they regard the case, Israeli leaders have taken the rare step of engaging with the court to defend their international reputation. Israel often boycotts international tribunals or U.N. investigations, saying they're unfair and biased. After a week of shuttle diplomacy in the Middle East, U.S. Secretary of State is indicating he's optimistic about preventing the spread of hostilities in the region. More from ABC's Dave Packer. Egypt was the final stop on a week-long Middle East trip for Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who says in speaking with U.S. partners, he found a new appetite to discuss what he calls the day after in Gaza. They're also clearly prepared to take steps, to do things, to make commitments necessary both for Gaza's future and for long-term peace and security in the region. Lincoln says partners agreed that peace could only come through a regional approach that includes a pathway to a Palestinian state. Dave Packer, ABC News. Post-pandemic burnout is at worrying levels among Christian clergy in the U.S. It's prompted many to think about abandoning their jobs. More than four in ten clergy surveyed in the fall of 2023 had seriously considered leaving their congregations at least once since the COVID pandemic started in 2020. More than half thought seriously at least once about leaving the ministry altogether. That's according to the Hartford Institute for Religion Research. It surveyed nearly 1,700 Protestant, Catholic, and Orthodox clergy. About one in ten clergy often thought about quitting, according to the report. Harvard University is being sued by a group of Jewish students. Bloomberg reports the suit alleges the institute has failed to address rising anti-Semitism on campus. The lawsuit filed in Boston's federal court claims Harvard has allowed its campus to become a bastion of rampant anti-Semitism from which the university has failed to implement policies to shield Jewish students. It accuses the university of violating a federal anti-discrimination law. The group says anti-Semitic incidents on campus escalated following the Hamas attacks on Israel on October 7th which also contributed to the removal of Harvard's president, Claudine Gay. Archaeologists have uncovered a cluster of lost cities in the Amazon rainforest that was home to at least 10,000 farmers about 2,000 years ago. The earthen mounds and buried roads in Ecuador were first noticed about two decades ago, but only recent mapping with laser technology revealed a network of settlements and connecting roadways tucked into the foothills of the Andes. The 6,000 earthen mounds found are thought to have been platforms for residential and ceremonial buildings. 
While the Mayans and Aztecs built with stone, ancient Amazonians usually built with mud. The findings were reported today in the journal Science. And the case against an Ohio woman accused of mishandling fetal remains after a miscarriage has been closed and the woman cleared of all charges. More if maybe she's Ann Flaherty. A grand jury on Thursday decided not to indict Brittany Watts, the 34-year-old Ohio woman who was charged with mishandling fetal remains following a miscarriage. The case had drawn national attention after her local hospital alerted police that she had miscarried a 22-week fetus at home. The police had taken her toilet into evidence and charged her with abuse of a corpse. The case is now closed. Ann Flaherty, ABC News, Washington.